This is the Apocalypse Survival Guide. We are here to help you survive the apocalypse. Which apocalypse, you ask? All of them, from A to Z. Each episode we cover a different type of apocalypse and give you advice on how to survive. The rules are simple. We choose an apocalypse, depicted in a movie, and cover how you could survive that type of apocalypse. So stock up on supplies and get ready to survive. Hi, I'm Drew. I'm Frank. And welcome to the bunker. On this episode, we're back, obviously, moving on to our second season, resetting the alphabet, starting from the top, and uh, I looked it up, the top of the alphabet is A, and... There you go. Wait, yeah. You're so good at research. Well, you know what, with this Google, and the, you know, on the line, you can look up stuff, and it makes you smarter. Um, so we're back to letter A, and the type of apocalypse is A for animals. Well, I'm just thinking animals. And the movie example we chose was Tremors. The 1990 classic Tremors. Love it. They're animals. Uh, yeah. Basically jumping into the movie... Trying to think, of what other animal movies like? Like, what were some other options? Just curious. Uh, honestly, there's uh, oh, what's the name of it? It's got uh, the guy that plays. It's got Leonard McCoy. Is that his? Wait, Leonard McCoy. DeForest Kelly, the guy that plays uh, Bones, Doctor McCoy on the Star Trek original series. Oh. He's in a movie about giant rabbits. Oh, Jesus. Um, so you got, you could do that one. Um, I mean, if you really want me to go down this, uh, birds, Alfred Hitchcock, you could go down that ah, one. Okay. Cause All I mean, right. they, they swarm and kill people. You could, as we do <clears throat> stretch thin. I mean, we extrapolate on what would happen if it was global. Um, uh, what else? You throw me on the spot here. Uh, I know I was just a, curious. I was a, just, I know that you, when you do this, you, you look up a bunch of there's that TV show, was it the zoo, where they all the animals go crazy and start attacking people? She did do research. Wait, was this was this a uh, was this one a uh, shout out from fans? Oh well, yeah, it was a shout out from fans. Someone uh. someone threw out the idea to do a for animal, and he suggested Tremors. That is correct. I forgot. Nice. It's been so, nice. so long. <laughs> yeah, sorry. we gotta, we gotta. Oh, sorry, guys. Throw some respect out to the uh, to the fan that gave us the suggestion. Yes, no, you're correct. We we should we should throw a shout out. Uh, I'm. Uh, it's been so long, I actually forgot. Not because I'm uh, I'm being a dick and refusing to acknowledge the fact that somebody threw threw out a suggestion that we took. Is it's been so long, I actually forgot that. So uh, yeah, I know it's it's been like two hours and we're old, so we forgot. Well, there's that. There's always that. Yeah, if we don't write it down on a scrap of paper, we don't remember for more than 10, 15 minutes. And you know what? I'm a, I'm a, it was Tim. Tim was the guy that suggested it. All right. 
thanks, Tim. So thanks, Tim. Sorry, I wasn't trying to be a dick and take all the credit. I'm just actually no, sincerely, Tim. Thank you because you saved me from doing fucking killer rabbits with Doctor McCoy. But it's that would have been miserable. That would not have been miserable. <laughs> I mean, maybe not doing the the comedy review of it, a- watching it would have been painful. He's a doctor, not a rabbit killer. All right, anyway, jumping in to the movie. Um, it starts with Kevin Bacon uh, holding his bacon and pissing. Um, uh, the bacon then yells at Fred Ward, a.k.a. Remo Williams. And if you have not seen Remo Williams, there's something wrong with you. Go watch it. Yeah, he, he, can have, he cannot have any other name than Remo Williams. That has to be his. And I, I listen... I'm not going to say when you go watch it that it stands the test of time, but uh, I remember watching it when I was quite young, my 20s. No, just when I was younger, and uh, it was a badass movie. I don't care anybody oh, says. Oh, yeah. Loved it. That, that, was, that was like, that was one of the best growing up. I watched that movie probably 50 times growing oh, up. Fuck yes. My Running like, on water and shit. My only complaint was they only made one that I'm aware of. They didn't make any sequels. They only made one with him, definitely. And if they would have... I, I don't know. If, if they would have made any sequels without... Uh, what's his name? Fred what? Uh, Fred Ward. Ward, that's right. If they'd have made any without Fred Ward, it would have not held up. So it's probably best if it's just one. Yes. Well, but fair enough. Huge potential for sequels, though. I mean, I'm surprised. Well, I mean, it is. It's, it was based off of a uh, series of novels. So they could have continued to go with it, but I guess they just chose not to. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, the the, the nuggets of information that are useless you get from us. Um, but anyway, the bacon yells at Remo. Uh, to, he's faking a stampede to wake him up. Um, they argue, then decide to argue who made breakfast the last yesterday. And then since they can't figure it out, they decide in the manliest and most time-honored fashion of decision-making about who should make breakfast. Rock, paper, scissors. The Rochambeau. That's right. If you can't, <laughs> the Rochambeau. If you can't figure it out via the Rochambeau, you can't figure it out. Exactly. Shit, the Rochambeau got me through college, I think. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'd play against myself. I'd play against myself if I couldn't decide between option B or C. I mean, did you always win? Oh yeah, always Sweet. won. I didn't. I didn't pass university, but I always won the uh, Rochambeau. Sweet. I never passed grade ten. Um, uh, so then we learn that uh, the Bacon and Remo are handymen because they show them doing various handyman things. Um, then we see uh, the Bacon and Remo uh, are driving along, and they meet the female lead, a uh, seismologist. She's a grad student named Rhonda. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call her No Bra Rhonda. She does not wear a bra the entire movie. No. Um, but I will say, I, she's very attractive. I just I just haven't seen her anything else. Or if she's been no. in anything else, I haven't noticed her. I actually looked her up, and she's like in one other movie. And that's it. Her acting career was very short. Like a few spots in TV shows or whatever. Yeah, yeah, she did see some TV, but... Otherwise, nothing. Yeah, so, sorry, she's Rhonda. Not that she's going to be listening to this, but if she is, you know, 
give us a shout out, maybe I'll give you a nickname next time in the movies you're not in. Um, so then uh, Rhonda mentioned some strange readings. I mean, what could it mean? I don't know. We haven't seen yet. Uh, then it shows that they're living in or around the town of Perfection with a population of 14. That's crazy. Well, 14 people. I mean, it's, it's shown as like a, a remote little town up in the hills of Colorado. Or the mountains, I should say. I shouldn't say hills. The mountains of Colorado. Isn't that what uh, kind of... I'm assuming. Is it Colorado? I don't know. I, I never, yeah, I don't know if they ever say actually what state it's supposed to be in. And if they did, I'm kind of curious to know. But, uh, I yeah, assume it is Colorado. a very secluded little town. Out, almost like a desert. It's like an arid mountain area. But there's also, um, there's mountains nearby because that's kind of like, there's, you know, at some point there's some mention of mountains. You know oh, what I mean? yeah. Yeah, definitely surrounded by mountains. I mean, surrounded. But uh, it's kind of like arid where they're at. It's kind of just like a dry, not not full desert, but definitely like an arid area where it's dry grass, lots of, you know, lots of sand, and I don't know. And, I mean, oh, you know what? I'll look it up. Nevada. I was wrong. I'm totally wrong. But there's a, oh. cl- there's a cliff because at the beginning, the, the bacon's pissing off the cliff. So, so this is a real place in Nevada. Uh, I don't know about that, but it just or says is that. What the that's what it says for the show. That's okay. what it says when you look it up on on the old Wikipedia, and if it's on Wikipedia, it's correct. So perfection, Nevada. So it's supposed to be somewhere in Nevada. Now, whether it's a real perfection, I don't know. But anyway, right. then then we get to meet uh, Mr. Keaton and Reba. Nice. They're preppers. <laughs> I I love this role because um, anyone who remembers Mr. Keaton, uh, his character in uh, Family Ties was so like hippie and green, and uh, oh that type of thing. And then to go to this type of character with the guns and the it was just it, it was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was. It was talk about a one eighty. And of course, you know the guns and everything like that. You know, kind of spoke to me. Totally the opposite of uh, pretty awesome. What was the name of that show? Uh, Family Ties, wasn't it? Was it Family Ties? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, but I could be wrong. Yeah, that was the one. There's back. There's a couple few shows that were very similar back then. I was just trying to make sure that was the one. They're always very similar, if you think about it. In certain eras, the movies basically, sorry, movies, TV shows are. Slightly different in some slight way, but they're kind of the same. Yeah, recycled, right? Exactly. Um, let's see. Then we see the ground shake from a tremor. Uh, then we see Rhonda's cans are going off, or seismograph cans um, are going off. And uh, she walks to her truck as the ground tries to get her. It's like it's a view of the ground coming for her. I don't know what it could be. Uh, so then we uh, cut to the bacon and Remo, and they're cleaning up trash uh, in the dump in a bulldozer. Because I guess they, I guess they just do odd jobs. I guess they're handymen. They do odd jobs around town. They get paid 
for doing this and that. And I guess they're because they're talking about in the movie they do trash duty, so they got a bulldozer and they're pushing trash around. I guess yeah. they just push it to one spot and the dump. I don't know. Bury it. They didn't show, but they use a bulldozer. That won't become important. Um, so the, then uh, they go to pump out a septic tank because you know people who don't live in the country get to have a separate septic tank. That's where all your shit goes. Uh, let's see, uh, oh, they go to pump out the septic tank, it goes shitty, and then they decide to leave town. <laughs> oh, that was horrible. That was horrible. I know it was fake. Liquid shit spraying in their faces. You you know yeah. it's faked for the movie, but it's still just gross. Yeah. Uh, unless it was real, maybe they're method actors. Um, see, on the way out of town, they see Edgar up in the power lines. In the, in the, I guess, for a tower, like a electrical tower. What are they? Is that what they're yeah. called? Yeah, he had climbed the uh, the high tension tower. High tension tower. There you go. Um, and uh, the bacon climbs up the tower and finds Edgar dead. Yeah, they think he's just drunk, and because he's like the town drunk, so they think he got drunk and just got confused and climbed the tower for who knows what reason. Then he ends up being dead and frozen. Not frozen, but stiff. There's an ice wave coming through, too. He's frozen. Um, so then they take him to the, I don't say local doctor, the only doctor, but the doctor that lives there. And uh, the doctor says he died of the dehydration. So uh, for some reason he climbed up there and just let himself wither away and die. It's crazy. Hey, the rule of threes. See? Yeah. It applies. It does. So he was up there for three days or more. Well, yeah. He was up there for at least three days. Yeah, see? To be dead from dehydration. Uh, so then we meet some other guy. I don't know who he is. Who's being a hoe. I mean, he's hoeing. Um, and then there's some sheep around making noise. Then he screams and appears to get pulled into the, the ground. I yeah. Don't, I don't know what that's about. Because, um, you know, if you looked at the cover, you wouldn't figure it out. Or a movie. They got really big moles in Nevada, I hear. Oh, yeah, the mole pr- the mole problem. Yeah. I forgot about that. Huge mole problem. Huge. Um, so then the Bacon Remo, uh, when they're leaving town, find, oh, Fred, that's where I found his name, the previous guy, uh, dead. And, oh, they find dead sheep, and then they find his hat on the ground. Yeah. Actually, pretty good. A little uh, scene there. Yeah, and then when they pull his hat up, they find just his head or his face uh, in the ground, face up. Which yeah. I don't know what happened to him, but it seems kind of wasteful. How's that? To leave the little face there. I mean, I'm just saying. You think that if perhaps hypothetically something under the ground grabbed him and ate him, that hypothetically it wouldn't waste that piece. Right. Hypothetically. I've heard the face is the best part. <laughs> so, in my experience of this, I mean, so I've heard, so I've heard. Um, so then, uh, the bacon and Remo pass a pass construction workers who are jackhammering, and they yell at them about there's a killer on the loose or something. So then, uh, one pierces something in the ground, which bleeds, and then drags him away. I don't know what it could be. Still crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the jackhammer gets stuck in something, and then the jackhammer just takes off, basically 
just plowing a trench through the concrete, which is, you know, it takes something of considerable strength to do that. And then the air hose gets wrapped around the dude's foot and he gets pulled away too. Yep, yep. Strength and size, you know. Uh, I don't know, but I don't know what it could be. Uh, let's see. Then we get uh, the bacon and Remo head back to town to tell the other 12 residents, I'm guessing at this point, because. Down. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess do we do the should I do the math the whole thing? Uh, but I mean, if if the census is accurate, fourteen. I don't know if you take into account everybody. Um, so then, uh, the t- but they tell them about the dead people. Uh, then they decide to head to the neighboring big city to call the cops because they apparently they don't have any type of law enforcement there. Uh, the phone lines are down. So then they decide to drive there, and they see the road is blocked by some rock. And they look around, they see the uh, construction workers previous, from seeing previously their hard hat is covered in blood. So then they jump back in the truck to get out of there, and uh, old Remo starts to load uh, a pistol. He's got like a six-shooter. Which, my only question is, why is he loading it? Should I be loaded? Oh, yeah, especially out there in God's country where everybody's carrying a gun. Can't believe he didn't already have it loaded. Well, I mean, let's just, let's be honest. Even if he wasn't facing potentially uh, unknown killers that are above or below the ground, we don't know. You would think that, you know, just from the simple fact that, you know, they, oh, they're shown earlier, what, dealing with, uh, like, fencing, cattle fencing. And if they're handymen, you would think that there's, there's varmints aka coyotes and other things snakes or whatever yeah yeah fucking rattlesnakes everywhere out there yeah so you would assume that they would you know for their not to go hunting with their protection a pistol would be nice who i mean really though who that lives and works out in areas like that does not have at least one loaded gun with them for that exact reason for uh for wildlife if nothing else even if it's in the you know Hung up in the in the window of the pistol or the of the uh, truck, you know what I mean, like a rifle or something. Yeah, the rifle rack. Yeah, they had nothing. They have one pistol and it's unloaded in the glove box. Well, they had a rifle, but they got Edgar's. Remember, he had like a a, a Golden Boy or whatever, you know, like a, a lever action rifle. Yeah. They took that. Well, at one point they they have it because they take it, they keep it. But I don't know if it was yeah. here or anyway. But it comes a point. Um, but other than uh, Bert and Reba, they're seen walk around. They got rifles and pistols on their hip. But you'd think everyone would have, even like the shop owner would have something in, in the back hanging up or something. Not not from fucking robbers, but, you know, who knows? Well, you never know. Somebody coming through out there. Somebody passing through in the desert trying to hide, get away. Yeah, I can't imagine them not having guns. That kind of makes me wonder what Nevada's uh, gun laws are. I mean, not that really gets enforced out in towns in the middle of the desert mountain areas with 14 people, but I do wonder what their laws are. They're pretty pretty lean, or pretty w- uh, pretty open, because uh, I remember, you know, just watching different things, because obviously Vegas is in Nevada, old Las Vegas, and uh, they have, you know, you can buy, they have, you know, no magazine restrictions, they don't have any type of gun restrictions, because I've heard that Along the Nevada-California border, they'll set up law enforcement checkpoints so when people come back across 
from Nevada, sometimes they'll stop and I don't think have to ask for permission. I don't know how the laws work out there in that communist state of California, but uh, that they'll you know search for high capacity magazines or illegal guns or stuff like that because you can go get them in Nevada. And by illegal, I mean guns that people should be allowed to have, but the communists in California say you shouldn't have. Exactly. So that's what I'm talking about. Uh, so then uh, the Bacon and Remo decide to uh, return to town. Um, they have a little trouble, I guess. Uh, they got stuck on something. And when they get there, they find a dead eel. Looks kind of like an eel slash snake uh, wrapped around their axle. Uh, yeah, nasty looking thing. Yeah. Um, so then they, they use a shovel to knock it off and realize it's dead. We then cut to nighttime, and we uh, we cut back to the doctor and his wife, who they never mention, you know. But really, do women really need names? Do they give them names? No, do women need names? I mean, really, oh, you know. <laughs> oh no, no, Mrs. Doctor. We we have to have at least like one woman fan out there. Let's not let's not alienate the only one we have. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, well, well, Mrs. Doctor, um, that's a name, Mrs. Doctor. There you go. I don't even know if the doctor had a name, in all fairness, but Mrs. Doctor, they're relaxing, they're enjoying the stars when their generator stops working because they're, they're in the middle of building a house, it looks like, because they, yeah, have, a, they yeah. have a little camper that they're living in, but they're, in the, they're building their house, their, I guess, dream house, retirement house, whatever it is. Yeah, because they talk about going to get supplies for the house and things that they need, and then they even mention how great the view is going to be when it's done. So, yeah, they're building like I think they're he's retiring and they're building their dream home on the desert. Which, if that's what you consider your dream, your location for a dream home, I don't know. Well, Seems I like mean, hell to me. I mean, I'm not faulting their location. I mean, some people would love to be out in the middle of nowhere by themselves, you know, self sufficient, so to speak. But I guess my concern is I don't say concern is um. He's a doctor. We've established this. So he should have made really good money. He can't pay people to do this? That's all I'm saying. You know. Plus he's a uh, doctor. His hands are valuable. Should he really right. be messing with like that type of physical labor? Power saws and shit. Maybe he's a retired doctor. He don't care anymore, but still. Yeah. Maybe he's a hands-on kind of guy. He just wants to build his own house. But you're right. You should have that doctor money and fucking pay somebody to build it. That's what I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, they follow the cord to where the generator was, and they find it is find that it's been buried. The cord's buried, and the cord's cut. Then all of a sudden, we see the generator get shot up into the air, out of the ground. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I mean, which... It's almost I'm, like something spit it out. It's really weird. But in all honesty, hypothetically, if there was something on the ground that perhaps we get introduced to later, does it seem like it has the ability to spit? Um, well, it does now. Yeah, apparently it does. <laughs> um, so it spits. It doesn't swallow. Just for heads up. Um, <laughs> so then what? Oh, so then the dumb doctor goes to investigate. Apparently he's never seen a movie before. Yeah, right. <laughs> any type of movie, any type of movie with anything, because you never go and investigate. Because no, that's how you like die. That. That's how you die. Yeah. The car and drive away as fast as you can. 
but he says something like it's some type of gas pocket or he's trying to be all sciencey. Um, so then he's walk along, he gets pulled into the ground screaming. Uh, his wife tries to save him because he's a doctor. I mean, think of the money. Um, and then she, uh, she finds like a board and she like puts it underneath him and it snaps. He gets drug under. Um, then all of a sudden we see more snakes popping on the ground. Uh, she runs to lock herself in her car, but she doesn't have the keys to start it up, which, <sighs> why aren't the keys in the car? Yeah, you're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Nobody's yeah. stealing your your station wagon. Exactly. I, I mean, you know, I don't get it. And uh, anyway, but anyway, um, so she's got no keys. So then these, these snakes, these multiple snakes, they start digging in from uh, under the back of the car, which causes the car to sink. And, uh, oh, in the process of her scrambling through the car, she she knocks, uh, she kicks a radio, like a portable radio that runs on batteries. Now, kids, back in the day, before we had cell phones, uh, the radios played music, and that's and you could walk around with batteries in it, and that was the only way that you could hear stuff. And that's yeah. what she had. That was our portable music. Exactly. We even had a thing called the Walkman. That was a marvel in technology for us. Yes. Uh, so anyway, um, so then uh, it says they get on the CB and there's some. Oh, there's not a CB. They try to contact the outside world, but uh, they say that due to the geographic isolation of the place that they can't get any signal out because of the mountains or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there's apparently only one road, like main, like regular road in and out. Uh, so they... Yeah, I found that to be crazy. The fact that they live that, they're that isolated out there. And it's in like a, a bowl of, of mountains. There's It's all sides. And there's one road that just comes in and goes out. And the only other thing is basically mountain paths i don't know like you said some people like to be isolated and a lot of you know perfect for for mr keaton and and reba on their survivalist mentality but that's getting a little too out there for me a little too secluded for me personally well that's what i was going to say at some point i don't know if i made a note of it but i don't really care um they mentioned that there's with the cliffs on one side and the mountains and just that one way in and out to the road that's why they picked out there because it was completely isolated and it provided them with uh with you know protection on on all four sides which is with just one like choke point for people to get in and out so yeah. they were prepping for whatever world war three or whatever you want to call it and that's why they chose that area because of that well yeah for preppers it's it's, a, it's perfect so, I don't know. I always think. I always think. You know, I still got to be able to like live with some level of of comfort until until the shit does hit the fan. I, I don't know. I just. <laughs> well, that was the thing. I mean, it'd be one thing if Bert and Reba had this house sitting out there, all set up, ready to go, and they'd fall back to it when things got kind of hairy. But I guess I don't know. Having more than one house, I guess, is financially very difficult for most people. So uh, that's not a possible. I mean, but I mean, out there. But I would say this: out there, you would think. I'm just assuming that land would be very, very, very cheap. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
probably buy the entire town for what a normal house costs. Because it's isolated out. Yeah, it's isolated out in the middle of nowhere. It's obviously not farmable because people be farming it. It's hard to get to. So you would assume that it would be cheap. Yeah. And that brings up a question that I had during... It came later when they're kind of showing more of the inner town stuff, but what in the fuck do people do out there? Fuck. Like, what do people do? What, there's there's no job. There's not a job to be had out there. The only person you could even reasonably say had some sort of gainful employment was the shop owner, Mr. Ching or Chang, whatever his name. I don't even remember what his whoa, name is. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Oh, the, I think it was name was Chang, wasn't it? The age, the Asian gentleman that's been in every single movie for the last fifty years that has Asian people in it. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, hey! All I know is this: he played. Uh, I can't remember his name. I did write it down later. Uh, but he played one of the greatest roles ever in one of the greatest movies ever. I hope you're going to say what I, I. I hope you're going to say what I think. Big Trouble in Little China. Not what I thought you were going to say, but still excellent. I thought you were going to say The Golden Child with Eddie Murphy. I said one of the greatest movies ever. <laughs> I thought you were being facetious about that part. Oh, oh. But Big Trouble in Little China is is fantastic. It's an excellent movie. Big Trouble in Little China is a great movie. There's only one problem with that movie. You're going to have to tell me because I don't know. It's nearly perfect. Uh, the music, because John Carpenter again chose to do his own fucking music. <laughs> yeah. Some of it isn't too bad. But it's definitely, uh, tell it's definitely original. When, when the chorus is big trouble in little China, I'm like, listen, I'm not talking about like the, the <laughs> inner, I'm not talking about the uh, instrumental stuff like, thrown in there for mood and effect that was fine i'm talking about like the theme songs and stuff again john carpenter gives no fucks about us and our measly little podcast but i'm gonna tell you right now mr carpenter for the love of god as a fan as a fan of your work please stick to movies and please stop with the music stick to your strengths and and i mean even like i know some people thought it was a pile of shit ghost of mars i thought it was a good movie I don't think I've seen that. Uh, it's got Ice Cube. and That's probably uh, why I haven't seen it. <laughs> Natasha Henstrich or whatever. The, Ooh, I like her. The sexy blonde from Species. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who else is in it? Uh, oh, is it... Uh, what's her name? Pam Greer or Brown or something like that? Yes, uh, from all from the old from uh, she was in that seventies yeah, movie. Played Foxy Brown. Yes, played Foxy Brown. She's yeah. in there. Um, I think Jason Statham is in there. Huh. Uh, this was it's an older movie, like in the two thousands or whatever. But uh, I even thought that was okay. Is it apocalyptic at all? Something that might pop up. Yeah, actually, it is. Huh. So well, maybe we could do that sometime. Under. Uh, Ask for stop making music, John Carpenter. Um, but anyway, so then the, the town folk get together, and the four of them, out of the 12 remaining, I guess, make a committee, 
and they decide that they need to ride horses to the next town because they can't get out through the, the main road. And they decide, they, they ask who's the best riders in town, and you're going to be shocked. It's no Mr. way it's going to be the main characters. It isn't. It's Mr. Wang and uh, this unknown guy named Ted. Ted? Nope, nope, I was wrong. It's the Bacon and Remo. It's a shocker. Oh, it's a shocker. What, you know what would be funny for once is if, like, who are the best riders? And they're like, uh, these two guys over here we never met. And you're like, wait, what? At the- yeah, yeah, some off-screen extras, <laughs> like like population number number 9 and 10, barely even see them. It's Bill and, and uh, you know, I don't know, Bill and Rebecca. Oh, hey, guys, yeah. No, we've been here the whole time. And what if they yeah, walked in right and they walked in in, like, your most... Uh, stereotypical cowboy get up. They're like their spurs on, those two six shooters and their hats, and you know, they're spitting like, oh, yeah, we'll make the ride. You know what I mean? Like, wait, where where'd these guys come from? What? what? Yeah. And then Bob. Just, <laughs> Bob. Like, yeah, Bob. Bob the cowboy. It's Bob. Bob the cowboy. That's all I'm saying. Um, so then uh, uh, the bacon and Remo get on their horses, and this is where. Uh, they do rock, paper, scissors, and uh, the bacon yeah. gets the, the rifle, the lever action, and then uh, Remo gets the uh, six-shooter, and it looks like it's a single-action style pistol, and then that's when uh, Reba gives him uh, like a, whatever type of scoped rifle she has. Yeah, yeah, like a full-blown hunting rifle. Yeah, she's like, you don't, don't just take that. Take my, you know... 338 Lapua. It's got more stopping power. It wasn't a 338 Lapua, but I mean, it was something like that. Right. And so he takes that, and then uh, they ride off into the sunset, and it was the end. It was a. The end. Quite a, you know, quite a short, yeah. you know, interesting movie, but. Uh, I mean, we're assuming that they get help, and uh, everything is all as well. We don't even. We don't even know what the problem was, really. The snakes things. All we know is there's some weird snakes in the ground, and that's 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 all we really know. So. so. Very enigmatic movie. It was. It was. Yeah. Oh wait, no. There's more. Um, so then uh, they ride by the docks house to check on them, which you know I would like to have seen like a like a map. Like, is this on the way? Or are they just making like a going another way? I mean, yeah, it didn't really seem on the way. But then again, you're right. A map would have helped. I mean, I guess throwing a map up during the movie to show them ride from point to point. I mean, some movies do that, like Indiana Jones, where you show the arrows of the plane going from here to there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know if they needed to, but it would have been nice. But maybe they're Even just... if they would have thrown a map out, like, on the on the table in, in Wang Chang's place, you know, kind of use that mechanism. Okay, lay the map out. All right, where are we? Okay, we're here. Here's the trail we need to go to. Oh, oh! Look, Doc so-and-so's house is right here in the middle. Maybe we'll stop and check on him on the way. And in that layout, you kind of get a view of, you know, where everything is. Over here is the road that's blocked. Over here is uh, the prepper's house, so on and so forth. They do. I, don't know. They, I like maps. They did kind of do that. No. <laughs> One point, remember, came the the bacon pulls a map off and throws it on the table. And I he, do somewhat remember that. That's kind of why I was saying it, but I don't. I don't think they get that detailed about it. And he's, they, well, yeah, you're just going off of what he's saying. You don't get to see like. But my point is, I'd like to see the the relation. 
Well, my... Hmm. I think they went out of their way because I'm thinking of that scene and they talk about certain things. Basically, the, the travel of potential snakes. And they're saying they're just, they're just following... It's like a smorgasbord. They're just following this path. So then when they they leave, hypothetically, later, some people do, um, they don't head to seem to head in the same direction because otherwise, if they're heading the direction that the, these things were in initially, then everything would be eaten. That's true. So they actually rode the wrong way to go tell the doc to check on them, which is, I'm not mad at, very nice of them, but, you know... I guess what I'm saying is, are they being selfish because, let's say, there's 12 people left? Well, actually, 10, because, you know, the doc and his wife are probably dead, um, hypothetically. So there's 10 people left. Is checking on these two worth saving those 10? Because they made a beeline... For where they're supposed to go, is that better or worse? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they were thinking the fact that he is the doctor, that he's kind of his value is a little bit higher, and they uh, they want to check and make sure he's all right, and maybe even tell him, "Hey, doc, there's no communication, so this is the only way for us to get a hold of you. Can you please head back into town? This is what's going on, just in case there's any injuries. Maybe there's something to that effect." Yeah, but he's an old doc, and he's building his own house, so that means he doesn't have a lot of money, which means that he wasn't very successful, which means he's probably not very good at his job, so... <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. I'm assuming. I'm making a lot of assumptions. He's a doctor that went to where the land is pretty much the cheapest in all of America, and, and he's building a house himself. Yeah, he couldn't afford for somebody to build a house. Yeah, he sucked at his practice, I uh, think. That's what it, I'm just saying. You're definitely onto something there. Um, but anyway, they get there and they realize the car is gone because they're thinking, oh, because they, they knew they said they were going into town the next day. And they think that, you know, it's possible they made it out before the rock slide. So right. they think maybe they're in town because they're getting more supplies in their, you know, cheap station wagon. Again, terrible his job. Um, and then, uh, but they hear the radio, but they can't figure out from where. And then they dig into the dirt and they find the car buried with the headlights still on because it wasn't just they find the grill which would be one thing to find a grill but with the headlights still on yeah which and the headlights are pointing straight up which means the car was consumed into the earth long ways yes kind of illustrates the depth of whatever cavern would have to be made for that yes it also illustrates the depth of the ability of these things Sorry, that, sorry, that, that was bad. Tiny little snakes that... But there's a lot of them. So then uh, uh, the Bacon and Remo take off until their horses start to freak out. And they have to realize that the snakes are under the ground. Because uh, the horses start flailing and I think Remo gets thrown off his horse. And then you see these snakes come up and grab the horse. Mm-hmm. And then proceeds to obviously kill and eat the horse they don't show that but i mean i'm just i'm taking a leap here um and then they decide the snakes are under the ground uh and then all of a sudden nope it's a big worm 
with three snake-like tongues. Yes. Very reminiscent of Beetlejuice and even even more iconic Dune. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's even kind of predator-ish, you know, with the mouth opening up like that. You know, the mouth of it is, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like all uh, these movies kind of, you know, copy each other in some way, shape, or form. <clears throat> right. All combined into one. And then mouths inside of a mouth, that's reminiscent of aliens. Not yeah. that it looks anything like the aliens, but... True. Mouth inside the mouth thing, so... Yeah, a culmination of many different monsters into one, but turns out this thing is a giant uh, subterranean worm. I mean, but it's the size of, fuck, an elephant? I mean, it's huge. Yes. Yeah. Um, So they make a run for it because of the snake thing. Uh, And then they run and they jump into a con... They try to jump over a concrete culvert. Yeah, a large concrete culvert, probably, what, 8, 10 feet deep and probably 15 feet across. It was was a big one. Yeah, it was a big one, big, thick one. And then uh, this thing crashes into it, and it kills itself. Then they find old Rhonda. She walks up because, you know, it's time for her to get back in the movie. Um, And then they they dig up the creature, uh, I guess you call it like a snakeoid or a snatchoid, something like that. and then uh, they see how big it is because they dig all the way to its ass, I guess. Yeah. So then uh, Rhonda starts checking her data, and she thinks there are three more snatchers because she's basing it off of data, like when she has seismograph readings in different areas. Right. So, you know. And they're all kind of at the same in the same time frames, but very far separated. So. Basically figures out that it can't that can't all be the same one just traveling because she's having seismic activity here, you know, four different locations all pretty much at the same time. Then she determines there's four more. She's four only, more or three more? Uh three more. Okay, three more. But she's only a grad student though, so hmm, what yeah. does she know? Um I mean she knows a little more than us, but she's just a grad student. Sorry sorry, grad students. Um, on the way back to Rhonda's truck, they see the seismic, seismograph going off and decide to run for the rocks. Uh, a snakeoid nearly gets them. Uh, let's see, then they, oh, they wait for hours on the rocks, but, uh, the biteoid is still there. They figure out, they, uh, detect seismic activity, uh, through the ground. That's how they, cause they can't see, they just, they feel the vibration. Yeah, you know, a true subterranean type of uh, creature. I mean, you know, I like in these movies where you know they kind of figure it out. Like, oh, I bet you it's because of this and because of that. But sometimes you wonder if like these people really would have figured that out. Uh, I mean, I can see that now that they have uh, Nobra Ronda with them. That she's smart. She's a scientist. And she's a scientist that, you know, it's based, her science is based in seismology and everything. So I can see her figuring that out. Maybe not uh, Kevin Spacon and Remo. All right, fair enough, I guess. Uh, so then uh, they said they spend the night 
and then the morning the uh creatureoid is still there because they throw some rocks out uh then they somehow figure out they can pole vault from rock to rock to get to Rhonda's truck. Because the, they look at the rock formations and they figure out they can pole vault from like group to group to group to get to her truck. Yeah, so, there's like some scrap wood laying next to the next to their little outcropping of rocks, which who knows why, but they, well, it was like it's supposed to be like old like not fence post, but like whatever would go in between the posts. Fence sliding or whatever. Yeah, and I think she says something about she pole vaulted in college, so that's how she came up with the idea. Uh, but I mean, the, the pieces of wood, you know, for fence are always thin enough, and you know that you can wrap your hands around like a pole vault. And you know, she yeah. she pole vaulted in college, you know, because of aka convenient plot device, and so she gets the idea to you know jump from boulder to boulder. Yeah, exactly, um, and they're the perfect size. And that's what I mean, the flex- perfect size. Flexibility of rods and everything, of course. Like, they didn't go to do it and it just snaps in half and falls on the ground and gets eaten, because that wouldn't be realistic at all. Uh, although they did do something somewhat realistic. When uh, Remo goes to make his first attempt at it, he makes it just shy of halfway and then falls back onto the rock. Yes, they did. So they put a little bit. He didn't. He didn't like. Yeah, he didn't ace it the first time. I don't know if you've ever tried that. You ever tried that as a kid, like getting a big stick and like doing a pole vault over like a creek or something? Uh, not really over something, okay. but I've like used a. I've used a like a stick as a kid in the ground and used to like just like jump pole vault over nothing. You know what I'm talking about? Just oh, okay. doing just it to do it. Yeah, yeah my feet off the ground. Uh, he used to try to do that. Well, we eventually successfully you could do it over like this creek by us but yeah first couple times not as easy as it looks no i'm so. not I, i'm i again when i did it was just like a, imagine just running and just jump for right. nothing you're just, the ground is level there's no consequences run with the stick stick in the ground and quote unquote pole vault over nothing there's you know you're not gonna get over your, your dog <laughs> yes basically over your dog or over the dandelion on the ground or whatever there's nothing there so that's my limited experience pole vaulting and it you know you know it doesn't seem that easy that's all i'm saying uh so now that, how did they get i forget how did they get so far away from the truck because wasn't her little uh seismograph right near her truck no, because they or did were. Or she have it set up somewhere else? They were they were walking towards her truck, and the seismography equipment was sitting there, and they see it going off. They run and jump on the nearby rocks because uh. because if you looked at the the layout of the the land, there was these little rock outcroppings, and then thousands of miles of open ground. So it's. And so she she could have easily parked next to her uh, equipment and just got out and looked at it like any normal person would have done. But, you know, being that, you know, plot device um, or, I'm sorry, uh, action sequence to extend the, you know, script, um, they parked, she parked all the way away by this rock outcropping. Of course, she parked next to it, of course. Within, yeah, of course. You know, Everything, yeah, yeah. And then walked this long distance to the equipment because... That makes sense. Yeah, it, well, it makes total sense. I mean, let's say hypothetically you're, you know, 
doing anything and you could pull up next to it easily without damaging anything or causing any trouble and you wouldn't you would park you know half a mile away and then get out and walk all the way there because that makes the most sense especially out in the middle of nowhere where you know even if let's say there's not some you know uh snatchoids or whatever out there that you would hypothetically could twist an ankle you could you know what i mean break a limb you could hurt and they've yourself. already showed that you can just drive out across this arid land because right in the beginning do you remember they're driving down the highway in their truck now granted their truck's pretty badass four-wheel drive old jeep pickup truck but still they're hauling ass down the highway and they see her this is right before they meet Rhonda. they see her out there I don't know, a few hundred yards off the road, and they just pull the wheel and straight off the road into the into the arid desert and stuff, and just drive right across it like it's nothing. So you can tell that it's it's hard packed. You can drive on it; it's not an issue. Yes. So, but yeah, no, definitely got to park over half half a mile away. Oh yeah, you have to. Because what fun? What fun would that be if they could just look at the seismographic and say, "Oh shit, it's right here!" Jump in the truck, we're saved. Exactly. I mean that would be that would have eliminated ten to fifteen minutes of this movie. Yeah, just like if uh, Bob and Cowboy Bob and his <laughs> wife would have showed up to ride the horses. Yeah, yeah. Now here's my thing, and I'm being serious. There's two horses. They decide to ride the horses. Why are they the the most skilled cowboys yet they don't own the horses? You would Good think question. that they think the people that own the horses would be the most skilled upon set horses, especially on their own horses. Yes, because horses tend to favor their their uh, their normal handler. Yeah, th- th- that would be kind of like uh, you know we need to go do this and uh, we who's the best you know tank pilot and be like. Uh, these two guys over here, they don't own the tank. I mean, I own the tank, and I drive it every yeah. day, but these guys, put the, you know, they're the, they're the tank ears. Let them do it. You know, or, or I don't know. just seems, you know, convenient. <clears throat> convenient, Hollywood, convenient. Hollywood. Yes. Uh, so then uh, they get close to Rhonda's truck, and I got to give her credit here. This was this makes sense. She, she all of a sudden thinks to get the keys ready before they make the jump instead yeah, of fishing yeah. for them and she like takes them and she got like she puts it in her mouth and bites down so they're they're right there she doesn't have to fish for them save time very smart yeah I, I she's definitely there. the smartest one of the bunch without a doubt oh well yeah she's the brains of the operation i'll use that loosely for this group but yeah uh i mean i'm not saying she's dumb i'm just saying that this group has brains um, no no they don't I know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and they decide to jump together, so they all land, you know, try to get to the same time, which is also smart. Um, so then, as they, they jump in the bed of the truck, the uh, the Sandoid, or whatever we're calling it, tries to get the uh, get, get the bacon, uh, and then he grabs one of Rhonda's cans, um, you know, the, the large black seismograph cans. She- grabbed her can i didn't see that part yeah you know the her seismograph cans and then he smacks the snake tongue thingy uh then they uh start up a truck and she drives with her hands 
Yeah, she she's, just climbs into the. She just basically dives in face head first into the truck again to not waste time. So. Well, and then if you, if you realize she starts it, throws it in drive, and just accelerates with her hand, she's not really looking where she's driving. It's kind of like mm-hmm. it's this huge open area where you could just drive wherever you want and not have to worry about hitting anything. So hypothetically, you could have parked next to hypothetically your seismograph equipment. Hypothetically. But no, you'd park half mile away. <laughs> so anyway, they make their way back to town where the others... Uh, so what is it, 12? <clears throat> We're down to 10 people now? Should be, yeah. Yeah, so 10 people. <coughs> of course, I guess technically Rhonda is 11 because I don't know if she's part of the population. But anyway, um, they make it back to town. Uh, were the others, and they try to make a plan to escape. Then they decide to call them Graboids? Uh, okay, I guess. Uh, Is that what they call them? I think so. Ugh. Yeah, Graboids. Um, so then the uh, the annoying kid, Melvin, who's uh, been, uh, I guess we haven't mentioned him, he's been fucking around all movie, like messing with shit. Like he- yeah, taking the tentacle thing that came off the axle and putting it around his neck and acting like it's attacking him and yeah through the basketball through the basketball at like Fred or or I'm sorry at Remo or the bacon it was something like that and they yeah. you know being a general pain in the ass so hey, this the annoying kid Melvin almost gets eaten by the graboid cuz he's screaming and they think he's fucking around again and they look out and he's uh like cut up He's got a little blood on him, and he's, like, on top of a pole or a building. I can't remember. He climbed up on something. Yeah, he climbed a pole, but, yeah, yeah, I think it was next to his shed. So, kind of both. So, those damn fuckers missed. I mean, of all the times those little fuckers could have ate somebody, this little piece of shit deserved it. Yeah, all the people that you did eat, and you can't eat that fucker? Yes. I know. Which... Oh, uh, you were talking about jobs earlier. This, this popped in my head because I was looking. The, remember at one point, the one lady, she tried to hire uh, the bacon and Remo before they left town to redo her kiln because she had a big order came in it. A big order come in. So she's like, she does some pottery. She was uh, like, she, remember? Because she offered them free beer. It she'll pay him X amount of dollars a week and she'll give him free beer included. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And they drive away like, we turned away free beer, I can't believe it. I don't remember that Yeah, part. that's right, that's right, that's right. It's the last thing before they, yeah. So she obviously has a job doing that. She makes her pottery and then up there and then ships it out and, you know, or whatever, because she had a big order coming in. So obviously she, that's her job. So she's one person that has a job, you know, uh, Mr. Chen or whatever has a job. Uh, you got to give the bacon and Remo credit. They work odd jobs, but they make money doing it, so they have a job. Right? Yeah, they exactly. They're kind of the they're kind of the do it all, uh, do it all guys for that whole area. I mean, any any odd job that needs to be done, they're the go to guys. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know what anybody else does. Yeah, exactly. out there. I don't know what like Mr. that one, like the one woman with the little girl. She's the potter. Oh, she's the potter. She's okay. the potter. Yeah. Oh. Okay, and so the okay. kid obviously lives with her. That's what I was trying to remember. Yeah, she's the potter. Man. She's the potter. 
But then there's right. like another guy who I don't know what the fuck he does. There's a bunch of people I don't the Keatons, I don't know what the fuck they do. Yeah. That's a that's a good question. And he wears uh he's wear he wears an Atlanta Hawks hat, so you almost wonder if they're not uh transplants from you know, from the Atlanta region. Oh, I bet yeah, they're probably... trying to get away from society and have their little bunker. Oh which yeah. They do have a legit bunker, by the way. Oh yes. <laughs> and we'll get to that. Fuck yes. So anyway, the Potter's little girl, Mindy, that's her name apparently, not that we care, she's pogo sticking down the street because that's her thing. That's a pogo stick, some record or whatever. I don't know. So then uh, the bacon runs and jumps and saves her with the pogo stick sticking up in the air and then it gets sucked down to the ground. Um, so then we see another graboid comes to town. So there's two of them. Uh, Rhonda gets caught in the barbed wire and like in a fence and this thing, the graboid has got part of the fence and is pulling on the barbed wire to bring her in like a fishing line, which you'd think the barbed wire being, you know, prickly that it would stop, but it continues. Um, and, uh, dragging her to death. Uh, the bacon grabs a pickaxe and sticks it in it. Uh, then Rhonda takes her pants off. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. See, that was the whole point. That was the whole plot mechanism right there was to get her pants off. Yeah, I was hoping for a thong, though. I'm just throwing it out there. You're hoping for what? A thong. Oh, a thong. Something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. She had yeah, she had no booze, but she did have a nice butt. Oh, yeah. So uh, the thong would have been very... Uh, yeah. So then they run and hide in the store. Um... Oh, that's Egg Shen. I got it down here. That was his name in the movie. Egg Shen in Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, was he in? Oh. Was he in Golden Child? Yeah, yeah, he was in the Golden Child. He was the guy where he's like, uh, where Eddie Murphy's like, I saw you wipe that booger on your jacket. You better get that off. It's gonna freeze and scratch you. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was definitely in it. And the the girl on the pogo stick, I knew I recognized her. And it just hit me what else she was in. So I checked it. it. It's, yeah, this is, do you remember what other very popular movie she was in? No. Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. The first she... one. She's the daughter in the first one. Wait, there's more than one? Jurassic Park? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was just one. You need to come out of the bunker a little more often. Oh, all right. Is it a... Well, let me ask you this. Is it a dinosaur apocalypse? It could be. It could be. There's definitely potential for it. Mm. But I think that that one, if we were going to have whole dinosaur apocalypse, we might have to skip forward to one of the one of the sequels where mm. it's, well, I don't know. This The first one kind of alludes to the fact of it getting off the island. I don't know. We'd, we'd have to explore that, but that would be, be an interesting one. Mm, you'd find a good one. Like, And by good, I mean bad. Um, so anyway, they go right hide. They, oh, they hide in the store. And then uh, there's a soda machine. It has a bad, noisy motor that they discussed earlier that they were going to fix. That uh, Or that uh, the bacon and Remo were talking about fixing. And uh, it goes off, and it attracts the graboids, and then the shop owner, Egg Shen, gets attacked and eaten by the graboids. Um, 
Then the grab boys try to eat the rest of them because they're coming up to the floor. They make a run for the uh, roof. Uh, then all of a sudden, Rhonda's on top of the shelves, and they get knocked over, and she gets thrown out the window, and she's dead. And it's sad. Damn. Oh, no, wait. She runs she and gets... cute. Yeah. She runs and gets, gets up on the water tower. And then... Yeah. Uh, Oh no, Melvin the kid ran into the ran into the shack, a little shack. Cause then the grab boys try to get him and they miss again. Those fuckers. Of all the people, you kill the doc, you kill fucking Egg Shen. I mean, get that little fucker. That's all I'm saying. Right. You know what? That's always how it goes though. A little annoying little shit is always the cockroach that you just can't kill. Well, here's my thing. What at what point in movies did it, you know, I, I guess killing a kid is bad, but this kid, I mean, it wouldn't be that bad. You do it off, do it off to the side. Just, you know, there he is, and you hear some screaming, like, Melvin, where's he at? And then something else happens, and then you never see Melvin again. You don't have to, like, yeah, focus on it. You just kind of, like, you know, realize it happened off to the side. I mean, I get kids. You don't think it happened to kids, but this guy's kind of an asshole. Yeah, he's, a, he's an asshole teenager. Yeah, yeah. So he's a teenager. Um, uh, so then Mr. Keaton and Reba are shown returning to their house. Uh, they decide to... Oh, she, she... She takes empty shells out of her bag, which I guess she was shooting at shit. Or they were... I don't know what she was doing. And she turns on uh, the shaker, like the... Oh, yeah. The brass yeah. cleaner. Yeah, brass cleaner. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, cleans your brass after you used it. Uh, which attracts a graboid. Uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 a uh, God. I forget what the damn thing's called. It's something. It's like a sonic something clean, brass cleaner. I mean, it uses you know it uses that sonic vibration to, and then the the aggregate that's in it. That's what it uses. So pretty much the number one thing they shouldn't use, and they kind of already know at this point. Too well. <sighs> I guess those two don't fully know what they're up against yet, do they? No. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, we don't know. So anyway, they get a call in the CB saying they're coming for them, and they got their guns and looking out the windows, the basement, and they can't see them. They're like, we don't see anything. And then we see a graboid, and it knocks down the basement wall. It comes in the basement wall. And then we see my basement from heaven. And I got a boner. I'm not afraid to admit I was fucking full mast yeah. just looking at that place. If that's how you, if, if, if our listeners want a model as to how to build a bunker, this place is it. This house is it. Because it's not just, it's not even just their basement. Their whole house is made like that. But yes, the basement and the gun room. Primo. Primo. Um, so then, uh, boy, Mr. Keaton and Reba, they start shooting the fuck out of the graboid. And then I'll be honest, I was watching them with all the guns shooting. I kind of jerked off and went to sleep. I I don't know what happened after that. You might have to, you're going to have to finish the podcast by yourself. I I just, I'll be honest. It was, that was it. it. I was done. Well, this is, this is about the point in the uh, podcast where I'm starting to get a little fuzzy too. I climaxed. And, uh, You've been drinking, yeah. so well. I guess I was, I was about a half a bottle in. You were jerking off. This one's shot. We're just gonna wrap it up. That's it, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um, 
So anyway, they shoot it with various different uh, pistols and shotguns and machine guns. And then uh, Mr. Keaton grabs an elephant gun. So uh, yes. double, a double barrel, match a double barrel shotgun with some real rounds, some elephant gun rounds. Which is, yep. I don't know anything about an elephant gun, but you would think it's fucking a big ass animal with some thick hide. That's got to have some penetration. That's uh, perfect. It makes perfect sense because, why well, hell, I was just saying it earlier. The things are about the size of an elephant. They kind of have a hide like an elephant, if you think about it, like a really thick, tough hide. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, a 10, I think elephant guns are like 10 gauges or 8 gauge, 10 or 8 gauge shotguns, and they shoot a pretty heavy slug. I mean, Jesus, that's what you need. Well, I know back in the Old West, they, they had 8 gauges. And ten gauges, but imagine an eight gauge with some buck. Good God! Even a double barrel? Fuck! An eight gauge? Holy shit! Because for those of you who don't know, the smaller the gauge, the bigger the I don't know why, but the smaller the gauge, the bigger the size. Right, larger the barrel. Yeah, yeah which I don't. That makes I'm sure there's a reason, but you would think the bigger the gauge, the bigger the size, but it's not how it goes. Uh, so I never really thought about the science behind that. You're right. It does seem like it should be that way. Yeah, because you say 8 gauge and then 12, you'd think 12 was bigger than 8, but no, it's the, it's the exact opposite. You think a 20 gauge, oh, that's bigger than a 12. Nope, 12 is... I think 10 gauge is the biggest you can get nowadays. I don't think they, ha- they ever... That's just... Can, can you even get 10 gauge anymore? Yeah, you can get 10 gauge still. Huh. I think it's mostly like double barrel, like Old West style guns, like for people that do like old west shooting but you can still get 10 gauge nice it's a double barrel i don't think they make like pump action 10 gauges or anything like that but you can still get 10 gauge because i was looking for an 8 gauge once (laughs) i'm going full 8 gauge did you really i take it you did not find one i did not find one i'm you know well i'm not fine not find one i could buy yeah plus yeah they're probably all uh like collectors type yeah and then you know you're not gonna get find any ammo or not really. I'm not taking like 18, 12 ammo and taking a shot and hoping that it doesn't blow up my face. So uh, so anyway, and then uh, they climb up on the roof of their house and they see another graboid circling and he tries to shoot it. Mr. Keaton tries to shoot it with the, the elephant gun, but it doesn't penetrate through dirt. So, you know, can't penetrate everything. Um... So then we see the graboids attack the foundation of the buildings to get to the meat, a.k.a. people. Yeah, um, it's crazy. You can tell that they're, I don't know, they're smart and they're learning. Yes. So then Nestor, who's some extra we don't care about, we see him get knocked off his trailer, and then he gets eaten. So he's an extra we don't care. Um but then uh, they come up with an idea to use the bulldozer to drag a semi-trailer to get everyone out of town because it weighs 30 ton. And they don't think, yeah. they think it's too heavy for them to pick up and move, which 30 tons is a lot. So I would tend to agree with them. And the town's yeah, being yeah. ripped out from underneath them, so it's not a bad plan. Right, it's not, a, yeah, it's not even a, uh, like a building. Shit, I'd have tried. I honestly wouldn't know what a building weighs. Like the, uh, general store that he's collapsing um but it's not it, it's a, that's different it's a solid standing structure and if it's it's seems that the, the worms are learning that if they 
take it apart piece by piece, they can start to bring it down. Right. But with the bulldozer weighing as much as it does, they're not going to be able to, you know, basically make a trench where it comes in on them. Uh, and if they keep it moving, yeah, good plan. Yeah, I mean, you know, considering the resources they had, and it's not like they sit there for days and go up with a plan because they were starting to attack the buildings. So, anyway, so they decided to start up an old riding lawnmower and send it off, like, as a distraction. Well, uh, well, before they do that, uh, Remo and the Bacon, rock, rock, paper, scissors, see who wins or loses to go get the uh, bulldozer. And... Uh, Remo wins and chooses to go, but the bacon slugs him in the gut, and Zach goes because he's, you know, the main star. Hello. Um, so then the bacon runs for the cat. Well, the lawnmower travels away and then tips over, and then all of a sudden the bacon is surrounded by graboids, but he stays quiet while the others make distracting noises to draw them away because that's apparently what works. They're smart, but they're not that smart to know that something is making noise right here in this area that's like to me it kind of seemed like imagine you're in a dark room and all of a sudden you drop something and it's you know you dropped it in front of you you know it's in the area you're not gonna you think it just disappeared and went 100 yards over this way right right they something was in the area they know it why would they abandon it to go check out something else yeah, yeah, I agree. It is a little weird. But, I mean, we're also assuming just because they're starting to learn and they are starting to kind of solve problems, they're still not of, like, high intelligence necessarily. Well, that's the thing. They want to show them as smart in some ways but not smart in others. That's my only complaint. Yeah. If they were just dumb, ooh, follow the noise, but they're starting to figure shit out, I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe maybe they're, they're, they're an animal that's... They learn through experience, but they've not yet experienced this. Where if the sound that they're following just stops, then what do they do? Maybe they haven't experienced that yet. Therefore, they have not been able to learn from it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? Here's This brings up another point. I know where are these things from. and my. I'm so glad you're going there. I've been waiting for this. And let's say they've been around all this time. They sure eat a lot. What have they been surviving on? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. seriously. How have they just all of a sudden appeared um, without any other reports of mysterious missing of sheep and cattle and humans from across Nevada? So uh, I'm going off with the dragon theory. Rain of fire. They've been sleeping this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> They're in a subterranean cave, and the seismic, um, well, no, because they were, they were around before that. They were around before that. I was going to say the, the uh, devastation of Remo and Kevin's bacon leaving town brought them back to life. <laughs> But no, it couldn't be that. But one thing, seriously, though, one thing I did look up is I was curious about this. I'm like, okay, how can this creature that no one's ever seen or documented before just appear out of nowhere? And they've never even seen it before. So I got curious, and I started looking up 
world species and how many of them we've discovered and uh, how many undiscovered. It is fucking astounding how the, the how much well this is scientists' predictions of how many species are still on the planet that we have not discovered. And I'm not talking about the ocean because the ocean is a whole that's a whole different thing. You know that we I think ninety five percent of the ocean is unexplored. Oh yeah. Ninety five percent of all that we do know, ninety five percent is unexplored. So if it was an oceanic creature, that goes without saying it could fucking anything come out of the ocean and it shouldn't surprise us. But on the actual solid ground, it just doesn't seem like there could be that many species um, that we haven't seen. But, you know, I got to look at it again. I thought I had it, but I lost it. Well, I'm, I'm sure they're talking about, like, the rainforest and, and, like, the Congo and places like that where people, you know what I mean? It's hard for people to get into. Yeah, um, and I think when I originally did it, I looked up uh, subterranean species, you know, undiscovered subterranean species. Oh, well, you were probably drunk at the time. I mean, uh... Yeah, that's true, too. This is, well, this is a National Graphic thing that says some 86% of Earth's 8.7 million species have yet to be fully described. I don't know if that's saying that we haven't. Oh, okay. We've cataloged less than 15% of species now alive. That, the sea, that's what I mean. Hmm. I mean, we've only cataloged 15% of the species on the planet. That's, we barely scratched the surface. So, if you wanted to be yeah, logical but... and stretch on it, 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 could, mm. I, I, it could be possible that there's some subterranean creature out there that we just and okay all right i'm gonna go on i'm gonna go out on a stretch here on a limb whatever you want to call it let's just say that these things have existed and they were underground this whole time but they were previously of a size that was not so large that they required sheep and cattle to sustain themselves and maybe they were just living off of you know rabbits and desert desert creatures looking off a rabbit here a rabbit there little fucking mice whatever and that was sustaining them but then they started growing and growing and they started reaching a point that they needed larger meals and now this is where we see them now they've gotten to the point that they have to eat livestock to survive I don't know all four of them at the same time all four of them at the same time I know, I know. they're quadruplets that's what it was Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Hey, maybe the only four of their kind, and they just reached that level of maturity. I don't fucking know. Listen, I'm all in favor of finding a species, a thing that has never existed before, but in an area where there's no food supply, and allegedly, that was the whole point, they're kind of confined because of all the natural boundaries into this area, kind of like, remember that stupid movie, Arachnophobia? Where the, the the killer spider was, it was a killer spider was confined by the natural boundaries. I think they're trying yeah. to indicate that this thing is confined to this natural boundary. But okay, that's fine. But what's it been surviving on? That's my only question. It's a very very underpopulated area. So yeah. and it's not yeah. like 
Mr. Jones has been complaining about his cattle dying for the last decade. Right. That's all I'm saying. It's all kind of started happening all at once. Mm-hmm. And here's another thing. It's it's an organic, you know, it's a whatever, an organic creature. It also, on top of food, it also needs water. Where's it getting water out here in the desert? Uh, that's a good question. Unless I, well... Maybe there's underwater, like, wells and stuff they could find. Yeah, I guess it could dig down. Since it can't dig, I guess it could dig down to the water table and get water that way. Well, I mean... We're getting pretty deep into the creature now. Do you think that, uh... Is it possible it was bioengineered? Hmm. Well, well, well. And welcome back to the podcast. You know who? Now we're on to something. You know we're who? We're on to something. Mm, yeah. You know, you know what I think happened? The Illuminati bioengineered oh, it. Fuck! And Why then, did I not see that coming? And then they dropped in this area to test <laughs> to see what it would do. And that's why no. it's learning fuck. and evolving because Dude, it's no, brand new. No, we're fucking real. I think you were on to it. I think you just nailed it right there. It is. This is a biological weapon designed by the military, and they. They needed it. Hell, fuck. Maybe they built it over there at uh, Area 51. No. Away. The Umbrella yeah. Corporation. Yep. It's and the Umbrella they, Corporation. The Umbrella Corporation? Yes. Is that That's that's from that one game, isn't it? Resident Evil. Oh, come yes, on, that Resident one game. Evil. Come on. I never got into it that much. The movies? You never saw the movies? I saw the first one, and they lost me after that. Whoa, whoa, I played whoa, the games whoa, a stop, bit with stop. Raccoon City and all that shit. Stop. First of all, I love the first couple games. Love okay. them. Balls deep. Second, you're telling me that you watched the first Resident Evil movie, right? I think I watched the first at least two, okay. maybe three. You, well, I was going to say, you watched the first one, and you saw Mila's Jovovich's, and you didn't come back for more. <laughs> That's right. When she's on the table. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, I do. I do love Mila Jovovich. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <sighs> they're good. They're just not great. So. Well, no, they're um, not great. I mean. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, just wasn't my thing. Um, but no, um, your that's, your theory solid. So they they bioengineer these things. It's biological warfare. Uh, but they need a test. You know, they need a test subject, so they think, where can we put them? Hey, here's this, basically a bowl of an area, and it's just a it's just a feeding ground for them. They can't escape, so when they're done eating all the people, we can just go right back in and reclaim them and say, good worm, you did a very good job eating all those people. Now let's go, you know, and now that you're passed your test, now let's go and actually use you. That's, that's perfect. That's brilliant. Or let them I die, because you can make more, but you're just testing their capabilities. Sure. And then the next group, you're going to put, you know, some sort of control device on them, so that you can so that if you do drop them in an area that's not confined like that, you can get them back. Or whatever the case is. But you don't, no, think about it. You don't care. Now think, let's say that you are um, a, 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 a foreign government or our government and you use them on foreign soil, there's no connecting land that connects all the, the continents. So you say, you, you know what, fuck Russia. 
you drop them on Russia. They eat up whatever they eat, even if they move to Europe, whatever. The Frenchies are arrogant anyway. Just let them keep doing their thing. They're never. They can't swim. They can't get across the oceans. Yeah, well, sure. I don't think they can swim. Uh, okay, we assume they can't swim. Okay, but we assume they can't swim. You put little trackers on them, so you keep tabs on them. So if they learn to swim, you're like, fuck, we got to go get a, get a sub and shoot them up or something. It's, it's, it's a metal. I mean, they're not going to be able to eat the metal. I mean, you go or you go drop a bomb on them because you know where they're at. They got those bunker busters. It'll go in the ground. It'll take care of them, but you just drop it on enemy soil. Let it take care of its business. You put a little tracker on it, maybe some explosives. When it's all done, you hit the button. Yeah, nice. Well, at least that's what the military was hoping for. But in reality, a bunch of fucking hicks in the desert were able to kill them. They had a grad student. Does that count? They did have a grad student. <laughs> Maybe they're like, they just, they just can't drop it on any continents with grad students, I guess. So they can't fuck there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to name off a whole bunch of countries and be just terrible, but I'll just leave them alone. <laughs> um... So anyway, so then uh, back to the book. Uh, the bacon gets to the dozer and fires it up. Uh, he hooks on to the the, uh, the old semi trailer. It's a well, it's like an open top, like yeah, almost like a side dump trailer. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he hooks it up. They get everybody from town, and they then they stop and grab Mister Keaton and Reba, uh, who have uh, ammo bags. They grab. And jump in the trailer. Oh, we had we missed the part where they showed them up on their on their roof, cutting off all of their vent tubes and turning them into pipe bombs. Yeah, yeah. The, I you know what I, they did do that. Um, I guess I was kind of I don't say bummed, but they they grabbed these. They had the big duffel bag with some ammo and guns, and they made the pipe bombs and threw them in there. <clears throat> Which is very handy. I'm not. I'm not mad at it, but uh, they didn't have any bug out bags. Like they didn't have backpacks or bags pre set up with food and water that they could take with them. Huh? Yeah. I mean, you're right. They're preppers. What's wrong right. with them? You tell me that the idea of a bug out bag wasn't popular back in 1990 in a prepper's mindset. Exactly, especially, uh, right, especially coming from a prepper. I mean, even though they had basically constructed the ideal bunker, something that was supposed to be, like, you know, withstand everything, lifelong uh, protection, fortress, home, all that stuff. Well, even those people have to, in that mindset, should know, hey, Nothing is forever, and nothing is 100%. Got to have some stuff to roll if we need to. Thank oh, I wonder. I wonder if they had it packed into their Bronco. It's mm. like their bug-out vehicle. Because remember mm. the 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 worm, the whatever the hell it's called, kind of digs out around their Bronco and sinks it into the ground? Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is why they couldn't... Uh, which is why they had to be picked up because they couldn't get there. I wonder if they had all their bug out shit in their bug out vehicle. That's actually a strong possibility. Yeah, I they don't say it, but it's 
where yeah. I have some stuff. Alright, fine. But that's not where I have everything. It's where I have some stuff in my vehicle. But I still have, you know, I still have a backpack and just a quick go bag that are totally separate. So I'm with you. They should have had something. I mean, yeah, I mean, I have a backpack with supplies, like some water and MRE type non perishable, or it's still technically perishable, but, you know, like non perishable lasts for seven, eight, ten years, whatever. But I've also got, you know, uh, a metal Snoopy lunch box that I throw some stuff in, so in a hurry, I gotta grab that. It's got Did you some, say a Snoopy lunchbox? Yeah, the old metal ones with a little, <laughs> little you know, little latch. That's your butt. It's your bug out box? Yeah, my bug out box. You know, if I just think it's gonna be a mildly inconvenient situation. <laughs> did you tape a pistol to the inside of the door? That's a dumb question. Of course I did. Um... <laughs> So anyway, the uh, the graboids uh, start they they have a distraction, and they dug a pit in front of the dozer, and they drove into it and got stuck because they're getting smarter. Government conspiracy, and then uh, uh, Mr. Keaton he was riding a point man, I guess you call on the front of the scoop. Yeah, in the bucket in the front. Oh, yeah, the bucket. Yeah, and then he gets thrown off. So then he jumps back and they all climb into the trailer um then they take the uh the, the pre-mentioned pipe bombs and uh they throw one out to attack the graboids and then they see that they the the sound the loud noise makes them run so then they see a pile of rocks close by decide to make a run for it and they use they throw a pipe bomb in the direction that they want to run which then sends the the remaining Two, yeah, two, sorry, two graboids. I was just thinking how we were dead. And in the wrong direction, then they make a run for it. Uh, they reach the rocks just in time because as Mr. Keaton jumps up there, one takes a swipe, but it misses. <sighs> Melvin, they could have ate that little fucker, but not Mr. Yeah, Keaton. Right. Let's leave Mr. Wait, Keaton. Why didn't, why didn't Melvin get, uh, get the old... Uh Walking Dead. Oh, uh, the the Python. Rick's no, gun? no, no. The dude, the dude that Shane, Shane. Uh huh. Why didn't uh, Melvin get the old Shane treatment? Somebody push him down. Push him down and let him get eaten so that they can get away. <laughs> Whose kid shoot was that? In, shoot him in the leg. Shoot him in the leg and leave him behind. Did we ever establish whose kid that is? I don't think so because he was. Early in the movie, I was trying to I was trying to figure that out too. Because earlier in the movie, when they do get sprayed with sewage, he's sitting on the on the porch of that trailer that they're clearing the septic tank out for. And I mean, there's no parent around. There's nobody. Yeah, it just it seems like he's. I don't know. Maybe his parents were out of town at the time that everything went to shit, and he just got stuck there. But yeah, it doesn't seem like he has a parent. Now, on the when you first said that, I was about to say, how ridiculous is a parent or parents going to leave a, how old do you think he was, 13, 15, somewhere in that range? I mean, uh, yeah, probably 15. 15-year-old 15 home alone in that area, but then if I had an asshole kid like that, 
Maybe be like, hey, you're staying here, fucktar. Whatever happens, happens. We don't care. <laughs> That's exactly what you do with a kid like that. You leave him out in the middle of the desert. <laughs> when are you going to be back? I don't know, and I may never come back. You're an asshole. Yeah, you're a prick. But then We're going again, to our vacation home in Hawaii. Have fun. But then again, it's their own fault. They raised a yeah. prick. So anyway, uh, they uh, they get into a little argument, Mr. Keaton and the bacon, about, you know, who's the leader and great plans and all this stuff and yada, yada, yada. And then and why did you drag us out here into the middle of the desert when we had everything we needed back at our house? What did he say? Some like how so many years of food, water, water filtration, uh, air purification, blah, blah, blah. He just goes down this list. Ammunition for this or that. It's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. And then he's like, can you drag us out here into the middle of the desert? Who's playing with this? And I, I have to agree with him. But you know what? He made the mistake of deciding to go with him. All he had to say was, you know what? I think we're good. I know one has already come through our, the hole in our basement, but we're just going to be really quiet from here on out. Uh, I think we can handle it if another one tries to do anything. We're good. You guys go ahead without us and fucking stay there. It's why you built the place. I, I would almost, I almost disagree. I think they should have made more noise in the basement. And just keep bringing them in. Bring, bring the next one in. Fucking take it out, and then try to bring the last one in. Mm. But they learn. <sighs> We're about to see that here in a minute. Yeah, that's uh, fair enough. But anyway, Mr. Keaton says that before he starves to death or whatever, he'll just walk out with the pipe bomb and uh, suicide bomb himself with Graboid before he starves to death. So uh, that causes old Remo to get the idea to go fishing with the bomb for the Graboid. So they throw some rocks, they locate one, they then take some rope and uh, tie a pipe bomb to it like the fuse, throw it out there, drag it along, get it to grab it, and then it blows up, and it kills it. Yay. Yeah. In great fashion. It's it, awesome. But then it threw shit everywhere. Yeah, except for its nasty pumpkin brains. <laughs> pumpkin. Landing all over everything. And they mentioned several times in the movie how bad they smell. Oh, yeah, like, that's true. Even while they're alive, they smell bad. Yes, they do mention yeah. that. Um, so then they, they decide, there's only one left, they decide to do the same trick, which I get that these things are learning, but basically, is it going to spit out everything that it, I mean, I guess it wasn't meaty, so I guess that's why it spit it out. But, you know, it's like, anyway, they, they try the same trick, and but this Graboid spits the bomb out. It just so happens to land back on the rock pile. Oh, I think he meant to. I think he spit it directly at them. These things had to be by it. I'm sorry, the government bioengineered these. Or the Illuminati, take your pick. One of the two. Oh, I'm with you 100%. As soon as you brought that up, I am fully on board with your theory that these are bioengineered to be uh, to be weapons, and this was a test run for them out there. That is, that is 100% I bought in on that theory now. And, uh -uh. Yeah, and I think they do learn at that rate. Yes, uh, so then everyone scatters because of the rocks, uh, the bombs, bomb blows up, but, uh, the Graboid is right there, but 
shouldn't it have run? Like they the bomb explodes, everyone jumps or everyone jumps off the rocks, the bomb blows up, and then they they nobody moves because they go to run back onto the rocks, but the graboid is still there. Remember? Because they they freeze and hold still. Yeah. But shouldn't the noise of the bomb also drove the graboid away? Like yeah, it did every- especially since it was, if you remember, the pipe bomb goes into the bag of other pipe bombs, Yes, of course, and blows them all up. So that would have been a so very let's, let's say one have, is... It should have a large effect on the... Yeah, so one is X amount of decibels. You're multiplying that by the other, say, five pipe bombs... That's right. five times louder. So how is it withstanding that and just hanging out? Because of the rocks, but they've shown that they hear through the rocks. So yeah, the, the girl the girl says that rocks are great sound conductors. Yeah, she uses some fancy some fancy schooling words, but <laughs> she says they're great sound conductors. So there it is, right there. It sh- it should have ran away. Oh yeah, that should have deafened it. It should have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, but then all of a sudden the bacon has a plan because they talk about throwing the pipe bomb to get it to run away even though it shouldn't have worked because it didn't uh, and then get back to the rocks and he's like we're just gonna die and so he runs for it and then yeah remote he's holding the last pipe bomb by the way oh that's right he's holding Cause the last when pipe he because they go that goes into the bag blows up all the pipe bombs he just happened to be holding one when he ran and then when he stopped he's like. Hey, I have the last one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they run for it, and then Remo follows, yeah. and then Rhonda <laughs> follows. Rhonda, yeah, excuse all me. All of them kind of like, what the hell's going on? But they just run with them anyway. So let's see. Uh, near the end of the movie, uh, the bacon has the pipe bomb. Sorry, you, you did bring that up. I forgot to mention that. So he's running. Remo's running. Rhonda's running. So we got the main cast all there. Check. All right. Um <laughs> So then uh, someone has the lighter. I think Rhonda has the lighter. Uh, so then they he, he, he rips the fuse so it's really small, and then he waits to light it, and then he throws the bomb behind the graboid to make it run towards the cliff. And, of course, he has to dive out of the way at the last second because why he does, don't know, just to make it, you know, he's the star and makes it more dramatic. And yeah. then we shoot it, uh, shoot it. We see the graboid burst out of the cliff and yeah. falls to its death. Yeah, kind of like it did with the culvert thing, except for this time, no concrete to hit. It just goes right out the earth inside the cliff, and however far it was to the bottom. So. And, then, and then dies. But, you know, you would think that if it has some type of echolocation or not sonar, but seismography. You think you'd be able to tell that, like, hey, there's a big void here. I thought the same thing, though, in the beginning with the culvert. So, okay, sure, it's chasing their footsteps and it's wanting to eat them, but shouldn't it be able to say, oh, shit, big, giant, solid uh, object in front of me. I better stop. Right. Yeah. Mm, I'm just saying. They're smart, but they're, they're only smart when they need to be. Right. Maybe, once again, maybe this is what it comes down to. It has never experienced that before. Mm. It's never. It, uh, the first one had never experienced a concrete culvert before, and the last one had never experienced a canyon before. So it had not yet learned that. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's the only thing I can come up with. I guess. But that's kind of like saying, like, uh, fire until you stick your hand in it. You know what I mean? You're not going to be like, oh, that's bad. Um, I think that's actually true. I think a kid, a child doesn't know fire until it gets burned. Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough. Um, <laughs> so then back at the happy ending, I mean, back at town, we have our happy ending. Uh, the bacon gets the girl. It's all good. Oh, that's not the happy ending I thought you were talking about. The, oh, you talking about? I thought it went. I, I thought you saw like the director's cut or something with Rhonda and. Oh, he yeah, got he said happy ending. So. Oh, he went to the massage parlor and asked for a happy ending. What? Yeah, it's in the back of Wang's <laughs> massage parlor. <laughs> Egg Shen. Egg Shen. Pop- Population is actually twenty eight. It's just the other ones are off the books. <laughs> yeah. The real reason why uh, the bacon and Remo stay in town is for the illegal uh, opium and tug and rub place yeah, exactly. in the back. And why? And why the place exists anyway? People that live out there, they just—they're all part of the, the little syndicate that runs the opium and prostitute den. <laughs> Right. The triad running out there. They're like Exactly. It's totally the triad. <laughs> why not? You know. Uh all right. So uh disaster enemy strengths. Um they're uh they're invisible basically. Mm-hmm. They're under the ground. You can't see them. Can't see them until they emerge to attack you, but often that times that's too late. Yeah, well they really don't have to emerge. Only do that so we can see them because it's a movie. When really, when you yeah. think about it, they just stay under the ground, probably. Because if they're under, the, there's, there's a different warmth. Even if you're under the ground, there's more heat than above the ground, or cool, or whatever they need. So popping up is gonna, you know, they're not really gonna pop up that much. Um, they just want us to see them, which all right, fine, it's a movie. Uh, they're they're very strong. You think about it. They drug down a horse. Yeah, yeah. They're able to, you know, lift uh, the buildings. It's just in pieces, but they're able, you know, they burst through the floorboards, which is wood. Um, yeah. The, and the, just being able to move through the earth. Yeah. They have to be strong. Yeah. Oh, which we missed that part. Those little, it has the little, uh, how do you call it? Feelers. Yeah, they're kind of like feelers. Basically, they would be, I don't know. How to describe them, but it's what helps them move through the earth. Little nubs, I'm calling them nubs. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, they're covered in little nubs. Okay, anyway. So they're so nubs. Yeah, very strong. Very strong. Um, Mrs. Doctor couldn't pull Doctor up. See, I gave her a name, Mrs. Doctor. Um, what else you got? Anything else? That they that they constantly learn. I don't know if I would say they're cognitive, but they they get smarter with experience, therefore becoming more and more difficult to to kill them and overcome them. That's a huge thing because I mean, kinda, huh? Kinda, they're kind of smart, and they're they are and they aren't. It's like, well, I'm not going to say they're smart, but they learn from past experiences. The only problem is most of the stuff that they learn from is when one of their buddies gets killed. So that's not that's not the best learning curve because eventually you're going to, yeah, it's going to get to mm. you, which is what happens. Yeah. 
Well, but somewhat, the, somewhat intelligent. They have some level of intelligence to them. They're not just dumb worms. Like, for example, I fucking went fishing yesterday. You know, I put a grub worm on my hook and I threw it in the water. Well, when I put the next grub worm on my hook, it didn't do some evasive maneuver and get away because he's like, well, I fucking saw what you did to him. <laughs> I learned from that shit. You ain't doing that to me. And I had to hook him in a different way. No, I just put the next grub worm on the hook and went fishing. So they're smarter than normal worms anyway. Yeah, but here's my thing. You got four of them. So you got Mo, Larry, Curly, and Bob. So <laughs> Mo, we'll say he's the first one that died, smashes <laughs> there's, there's Bob. Smashes into the culvert wall, and he dies. So then Larry, why would he smash into the basement wall? Because it's similar. He doesn't know that the, the density is different. But then Bob, the last one, or Curly, whatever you want to call him, he jumps out of the wall because of the noise when he kind of has should have learned. And one of them, one of them was nearby. Or no, Bob, the last one. There was Stumpy, they called it. He was the last one, and he was nearby when Mo crashed into the culvert. So he knows that, hey, there's like a void that's bad. Mm. Even though the noise bothered him, you think he wouldn't? I don't know. All I'm saying is, all yeah, that's what I'm saying. Turned. All I'm saying is, the government, aka Illuminati, or both, you need to work on your your freaking graboids. That's all I'm saying. Oh, they got better ones now. You know they do for sure. Right. That was a te- that was a test run. Now their graboids are fucking probably already wiping out continents and we don't know about it yes they probably mounted miniguns on them (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying uh you anything else for strengths uh no uh weaknesses um they're not so smart smart they can't see that's a weakness yeah yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't they're know. still they're they're still flesh. So you yes. know, you still have your if you if they're not under the ground where you can actually make contact with their body, you can use weapons against them. You know, true. Because um, the guns had the guns had real impact as long as when it was in the basement because they could get to it. Yeah. The pickaxe, the um yeah, the jackhammer. The, the you know the right. jackhammer, all of it. Oh, you know what? Stumpy got the jackhammer and got his ten his uh one of his tentacles ripped off. <sighs> he had a bad he was day. The toughest of the bun- of the bunch, that's for sure. And he he jumped out of the wall. Or jumped out of the cliff. He had the he had a bad day. Yeah, he got all fucked up. Uh any other weaknesses? Yeah, I really didn't. Uh, I didn't get into that very much. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll just nah, we'll just move on. Nobody really cares. Um, now nah, our survival basics: air, water, food, and shelter. Uh, the air. Totally see, fine. Other than the smell, apparently, totally fine. Yeah, right. Uh, water. I mean, they're in the desert, so there's none. 
I mean, it's not, I don't think it's a matter of the, any of the water's bad. It's just a matter of getting it, you know? So, like, let's just say they got, let's just say these things weren't as aggressive as they were with fucking taking down buildings and shit, and they just kind of had them trapped. Let's say that was the scenario. They just had them trapped in their houses and buildings. Well, water would become an issue at that point because you're going to run out of it. True. But as far as it being good, I don't think there's anything wrong with the only thing, yeah, I think the only problem is if you had like a water supply, and if it one of them died in there. But that's anytime anything dies in a water supply, it can contaminate it. Right. That'd be that'd be it for these food. Um. Not only does the food not contaminate it, but we don't know graboid could be tasty, and if you kill one, that's a lot of meat. That's funny, because as soon as you started to say food, I started thinking, hey, just fucking eat one of them. Maybe. 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 Could be nasty or poisonous. Because, hey, let's just say the scene on the rocks at the end would have went on longer. Like, they wouldn't have thrown or had sent the one pipe bomb at the other one and blown up everything. Well, there's chunks of that one all over the rock. Maybe they could have made a little fire, put it on a spit. Fire. Killed Nate Melvin. Oh, wait, what? Did I say that? Did you say Melvin? Yes. Yeah. No, no, you feed Melvin oh. Stumpy to get Stumpy nice and, you know, fattened <laughs> up, and then you kill Stumpy and eat him. What did you say about spit roasting Rhonda? What was that? Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> Different different altogether oh that's, that's, that's different that's in the director's cut <laughs> that's a different movie sorry um <clears throat> shelter yeah there's where we have a problem a bunker would well no now hold on now the one ran into the culvert wall and died so if you had really like triple thick concrete walls You'd be okay. Yeah. Not unless yeah. they're willing to one rams into it and kills it, and then the other one drags it away or eats it away, and then it rams into it, and then the third one eats or drags away, and then it rams into it, and then through attrition, you've got like 20 of them, then eventually they would get through. Man, they got to really want just those cheap yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. To go through all that, but smart but then again how many people are going to build you know triple concrete thick walls right well if anybody was going to do it it would have been keaton and reba um i with with the bunker i still think the bunker is good in this one because i i think they should have stayed exactly like i said just don't make any more noise just be quiet be quiet go about your business eventually the one is going to figure all right well there's only one way into this house and that's where my dead brother is plugging the hole so uh i guess i'll just go find somebody else to eat and then go about your business mm. i i still say bunker's good yeah i won't yeah the only other thing that would be better is if you had a um a chateau in the mountains yeah because they can't, they can't dig get to that at all you know and i want to use the word chateau so yeah, uh, slip that right in there yeah um, that, that would be the, the most ideal if it was a 
<clears throat> chateau stock with supplies and then you see the people down below running to try to get to the chateau getting eaten by graboids and you know you could hold your little pinky up while you're drinking whatever beverage you choose and <laughs> just laugh at them as they're being eaten <laughs> because you're in a chateau because you're at a chateau you know so the, the the little people down there um weapons um kind of a weird one because they're all technically good yeah but you you know but if you have like a freaking you know fuck pick whatever type of shotgun or pistol whatever you want if it's under the ground and you're swinging your sword and shooting your pistol the dirt's gonna block it all it's not gonna really do anything right until it drags you, you under yeah you can't mm. really punch the dirt to get to it I mean, I guess if you had something like the jackhammer were penetrated under the ground, but, I mean, you're just, unless you know it's right there, you're just freaking jackhammering blindly. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, guns are, are like you said, guns work. It's just, you have to have a visual on it, more or less. Hmm. I don't know for weapons. Now, I... It's a hard one. I do... <laughs> Mm, yeah, I think the best thing is would be some type of explosive, like a, like almost like a not a landmine, but something you buried and then brought it in close to it and then exploded. Yeah, but what? Yeah, I mean the the U.S. military they're not going to kill their own creatures, but you know like a bunker buster because those are like the missiles that go into concrete in the ground. They would right. be good, but. I don't. I don't have one yet. Yet, yet I'm working on it. And I wonder if there's any. I wonder if there'd be any benefit at all to some sort of infrared to be able to maybe see their heat signatures, or if you even be able to detect it through the ground. Because otherwise, like you said, you can't see them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, weapons are a hard one with this one. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, anything miscellaneous that you could tie into that? God. I'm thinking. Here's what I think would be the most ideal. Um, it would take a little bit of knowledge. Um, like, they made the pipe bombs. I got it. Uh, if you have some type of experience with explosives, um, be it, you know, through service through the U.S. military or... Maybe some bomb squad experience, law enforcement, or, you know, something legitimate. Or maybe even uh, demolitions. Here's what you need. I got it. Uh-huh. Get your explosives. But you got to be able to remote detonate. That's the key. Okay? Be able to re- remote detonate these explosives because, like you saw with the fuse, it spits it out. It's going to kind of learn. But here's what you do. So you get your explosives. You strap them up to some type of, like, carrier device. Then you get a pack of corgis. Because nobody likes corgis. You strap these vest-like things to the corgis. You toss them out there. And when it goes to grab it, you let it eat it. Because it's just a fucking corgi. Nobody gives a shit. And then right. hit the button. Corgi's gone. Whatever. You got a whole fleet of them. Boom. Graboid's gone. You move on. I got you. I like the idea. I'll even go you one better. Four corgis all at the same time. They eat the corgis all at the same time. There's no learning curve for them to figure it out. You wait till all four of them have each eaten at least one of the corgis. Hey, 
let's say you have 10 on hand, make sure they each get a corgi in them, and once each of them have ingested one, then you click the button. Learn from that, motherfucker. See, here's my... I, I get what you're saying about learning, but by... See, I, I thought about a remote car briefly, but then I'm like, they'll learn. But with a corgi, it's meat. So basically, one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to get them all, or they're going to learn they can't eat meat without blowing up, and you're going to make them all vegans. Ah! <laughs> but I was afraid of that, because if you make them all vegans, then they'll become incredibly annoying. And they're going to tell you how great their lifestyle is and how if you eat meat, you're a terrible person. And, uh, you know, they're so much better than you and they're going to become so insufferable. They won't eat you, but they'll become so insufferable because of how they... just want to kill yourself. Yes, exactly, because you're like, I'm tired of listening to this fucking graboid talk about how he's a vegan and it's so much better for the environment. He used to fucking eat people. Shut the fuck up and you'll just kill yourself. I like Bob so much better when he ate people. Yeah, I like Bob so much, but he was normal. Yeah, he ate people, but he was normal. And now he's a fucking vegan. He's all about how great it is. And it's just so much cleaner, man. You just don't know. It's just, I'm just better. I feel better. I'm not so bloated. And it's just wrong to kill animals. So I hate Bob now. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Corgis. Corgis. Who likes corgis? Nobody. Yeah. Except for our fans who like are out there who like corgis. And to you, I say, I actually, you don't yeah, like corgis. I never really thought one word or the other about them. You know, it's just an annoying little dog. It's a corgi. Uh, all right. Anything else? trying to think of like something good to go with all that and I, I can't come up with anything. Uh, you want to rate it? Uh, well, now that you've come up with your theory, that all depends. <laughs> because if, uh, if this is just some creature that has existed under the earth and we've yet to find it and it's a species just now surfaced, eh, I'm going with like a three, because even though we've only cataloged 15% of the species on the planet, I just have a hard time thinking there's some giant elephant-like underground worm. But if it's a government experiment, uh, I think I have to give it more like a six yeah. to double the score. Give it a six. Yeah, yeah. I think if we're going with our Illuminati, and I focus on Illuminati theory. Because they can do anything. <laughs> we've well established that, yes. They can do anything. They're, they're the most they're very capable when it comes to conspiracy. I mean, good eight or nine. <laughs> or, or if it's a biological weapon, eight or nine. I mean, come on. But as far as, like you said, like just some species that just happens to pop up. I mean, I get they're finding things, but this wasn't in the rainforest, and it wasn't, you know, small. It's like elephant-sized. That's a that's a perfect right. example. It's elephant-sized. Yeah. Yeah, where the hell did it come from? Where's it been this whole time? Exactly. So. Yeah. I mean, 
The only other thing that I can go with on that is, like, let's say, locusts, for example. They go dormant for 17 years or 16 years or whatever the hell it is. And and then they come out and they need to feed and, and procreate and then go back to their hibernation. Maybe this thing has a really long hibernation and it's been just sleeping for the last couple hundred years and now it's like, oh, it's time for our cycle. We're awake now. We want to eat. I guess. But that's a stretch. That's a stretch. That's, that's a huge stretch, yeah. Let's just stick with government experiment. I like that way better. It's so true. Way better. So true. <sighs> All right. So what do we got next? Uh, B. Any idea what category we're going with? Did we, we're not telling people. We're not? Nobody, nobody asks. Somebody ask, please. Mm. Please, somebody ask. Actually... What was his name, Tim? Tim. Tim, thanks for the suggestion. Thanks for the suggestion. We appreciate Please, it. people, send in suggestions. What are we, we got? Twitter, Facebook? Yeah, the Facebook, the Twitter, the email. The snippety snaps the, and the... I don't know about what that. What is that thing called? I don't know. I don't know. Kids are doing it. No, no. No Snapchatting for you. No chap snats. <laughs> so, but we're, chap ba- stats. But we're back. And uh, <laughs> yes. uh, we're happy to be here. And Season two. Uh, yep. Yep, and until next time, I'm Drew. I'm Frank. And enjoy the apocalypse.